Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 23rd, 2011. For newcomers, I suggest you look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the hundreds of hours of audios that are there for download. And hopefully I can give you shortcuts to understanding this big system. And it truly is enormously well organized at the top uh, in the system which runs your life and uh, all of your lives. And from birth really to death, for most folk, they never catch on to it at all because they think they're living in some kind of democracy and have some say in something. And nothing's further from the truth. So I try to use uh, the official records of the associations, organizations, fraternities, and so on, which really run this new feudal system. And it is a form of a feudal system, public-private partnerships and so on. Uh, this is the very thing that Professor Carl Quigley talks about in Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American establishment. And he was the historian, the official historian for the Council on Foreign Relations. So he knew what he was talking about. Uh, so we're, we're really into a new feudal type of system. More perfected, it's very, it's really is huge too at the top. It's not a matter of getting the old knights and knocking them off their horses anymore. These guys are up in ivory towers and they're awfully well protected. So this is the system you're in today and they've got more plans for the future. Uh, that's big long-term business plans. That's how they run the world, like any big corporation. And while you're in this, the site too, remember that uh, you can get transcripts of a lot of the talks as well for download and, um, they all carry the same transcripts in English, and you can find transcripts in other languages at alanwattsentinel.eu, which is also listed on the com site, on the Matrix site. And remember, too, you're the audience who bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests, so it's up to you to keep me going. And you can buy the books and discs or donate if you wish to at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. You can use an international postal money order from your post office. You can also use PayPal to order. Just use the, the donation button on the, the cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and follow it with an email with your name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you. And across the rest of the world, you're left with sending cash. And cash is okay to send, remember. And um, PayPal, again, for ordering. Uh, or donating. And remember, donations are, the straight donations are definitely appreciated. There's not nearly enough of them. And you can also use Western Union for direct wire or MoneyGram. They're kind of expensive, I understand, for the cost of wiring. It's rather ridiculous. But as I say, use PayPal or to send the cash, and it's up to you uh, how you want to do it. But we are living in a, a brand new system, really. It's taken a long time to emerge this far. It's very prominent now, and it, it's on a roll to where it wants to go. If you notice, the mainstream news now is all trivia. It's basically trivia, trivia and it's really the side effects or the fallouts of the big system uh, that's moving forward in the global society, the global system, 
as they push their plans forward. And they're even shielding politicians now. You don't hear much from politicians, especially in the U.S. Uh, this is a new form of governance, as they call it. They shield them, and most uh, most likely you'll find little laws getting passed uh, from the top down and filtered through your local communities and so on. That's the new form of government where politicians don't have to really do an awful lot. Not ever did much in the past, but apart from uh, PR shots and so on. Uh, but they're doing less and less uh, appearances, and that way they can't get slanged uh, for uh, what they're doing to the public. And all the news now is pretty well international. That's the other big part, too. You're being trained to think internationally, and we're supposed to be all upset and bothered or happy about the color revolutions in the Middle East, while meanwhile, meanwhile they've plundered you back home through the banking system. They're taking us all down. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about this big system we're born into. And your parents were born into, it was ongoing then, we're given a fake reality basically. And everyone gets taught the same basic reality from school. Actually they inherit a lot from their parents who don't catch on either. They just go through the wars and they fight wars for other people. They don't benefit personally and then they go off to the next one. And that's really the way it is. They're taught that things just happen down through time, mere accidents and crises occur, and you have to deal with it at the time. And nothing is further from the truth, because if you want to study really, really, really big business and how a good part of the world was taken over before as a nucleus for this world order, and you have to go into the histories of, of London and England and the monarchies and the corporations that, that were given charters to open up and own, basically, uh, whole parts of the Americas and Australia and elsewhere. These were private corporations, and they were enormously huge, uh, including the ones in India. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's just amazing the plunder they took out for centuries out of those countries. And then, of course, uh, before they left it, and this is, uh, this is the mandate with all of the Council on Foreign Relations or the Royal Institute for International Affairs uh, uh, mandates, uh, they must always set up the same kind of, of system before they leave. In other words, to train a generation of young psychopaths who will then emulate the, the big government back home, which is just a front, really, and still be part of the, the British Commonwealth or the Commonwealth the wealth of Nations, as, as, um, as, as the CFR re- renamed it later on, Commonwealth of Nations. And they still all belong to it, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, there's other countries, India belongs to it, and other countries too. And to me, it's a plundering of nations, of course, and the commonwealth is taken from the commoners to go to the ones who are already wealthy. That's really what it's about. But remember, Cecil Rhodes, who helped found this, the Rhodes Foundation, that merged with the Milner Society, and then uh, together they, they formed the Royal Institute for International Affairs with an American branch, the Council on Foreign Relations. They've been working on this for an awful long time, taking over the resources of the entire planet because they never, ever fell under any spell of democracy. They realized that they'd give the, pub, they'd give the public a form or the appearance of democracy. They could pretty well skim them and tax them and use them for their wars without too much of a problem. And unfortunately, there were rights for the whole 20th century. It was basically war after war. 
And even in the quiet wars, you didn't hear too much about. They were into countries taking out uranium and get diamonds and gold and all the rest of it. But as I say, once they, in the Commonwealth system, once they pull out, they must always ensure the same kind of system is in place. And the people at the top are all either knighted or brought into the higher circles of their fraternities that the royals have set up to rule them. Amazing to me, too, to watch high representatives and advisors of the U.S. going over to be knighted by the Queen. And even if it's against the Constitution, nobody bothers with that anymore. It's pretty well been shredded, except when, of course, the ones at the top want to use it for their own purposes. But um, we're really in one system, and that's why we're, today we're getting nothing but global news. Now, I've mentioned before about the, the way that the press has been taken over and actually set up a long time ago. In the 20s, you'll find the Rockefellers uh, helped fund a group to inquire into many newspapers that they would take to main newspapers that would be copied by every other newspaper, and they found about 18 would fit the bill. And so they basically started up the 18 major newspapers, and, uh, and of course, they worked, of course, with the CFR. And um, that's where most of the news came from, from everybody. Everyone copies everyone else. And, and so you're all getting the same disinformation, basically. But more so than that, you, you'll find if you're into the writings of Winston Churchill, who blew up at one point because, you see, he was out of the loop at, to an extent with the group uh, prior to World War II that had been running the British Empire and causing the wars. They caused the Boer War and so on to take over South Africa. Uh, from the Dutch, and uh, he was out the loop, and then he found out that not only was this amazingly powerful group that was funded and founded by bankers, by the way, because Cecil Rhodes was in bed with uh, Rothschild, and in fact he left his will to Rothschild, and the Milner Group, uh, as I say, the merged with Rothschild for International Affairs and became that. Uh, then he was he was really angry that they even created that they owned all the rights and all the publication companies, but especially for education, especially for education. So here's bankers with their overseas interests in gold and diamonds and minerals and so on and raw resources, who also gave children their education, not just children, but up through university level. And you have to go into the histories of Macmillan and others to find out why. This is, this is a really forms of mind control to, in, its, in its extremes. It's beautiful, really, the way it works. And it's the same with, you have other ones. There's McGraw-Hill, there's another one, McGrath-Hill, and they uh, also have a, a section of investing across the whole planet for, again, energy resources. So they write all the textbooks on, on energy and what you're supposed to believe about it, uh, from young school children up to uh, university level. And then they also hire hundreds of journalists who work full-time for them to, to give handouts to newspapers to make sure they also get the same stuff to reinforce the indoctrination that you've already had through your education. George Orwell found out about this too when he tried to get his book Animal Farm published and then 1984 because he was a darling of the socialist movement until he came back from the Spanish Civil War and went round the socialist groups trying to talk some sense into them and saying it's not what you think it is, it's not what you think. And they wanted to turn, to turn their backs on him. So he went to write his books, and he already had contracts with the biggest publishing houses in London, 
and not one of them, he found, would, would publish those books. Everything runs on an agenda, and the agenda does not want truth out to the public. They want lots of willing followers, just like the color revolution is all getting used, all the followers. It's only the leaders that know what it's all about. It's like Rosa Luxemburg, who did the failed uh, attempt at communism in Germany in 1917. And she said in her own writings that the followers, the masses that follow them for the revolution, should not be told the real intentions and goals of the revolution. And that's never changed, right down to the color, color revolutions too. They're heavily financed by the CIA, the Pentagon, your tax money's in it all the way as they foment revolution, supposedly to bring democracy across the world. And George Bush, of course, when he was in, called it revolutionary democracy by either means, or either, either method, either the hard type or the soft type. The soft type is official term for using um, demonstrators, professional demonstrators and agitators that you send in in advance to get riots going, etc., but the, the public are unaware of all of this. And most handouts, as I say, are really coming from these organizations right into the media and, again, put out to by intelligence agencies to keep you on looking at, at other countries across the world while your own country is plundered, looted, taxes are going up and inflation is going up. They call it quantitative easing now. It sounds wonderful, you see, like a banker getting up off the chair after a big meal. But um, in reality, everything's rising, and we're supposed to be worried about what's happening across the planet. You see, democracy has been the greatest con ever devised. It brings in a central banking system, and true Muslim countries don't have that. They don't have the international monetary fund going over their books and lending to them so they can get them into perpetual debt. They don't have the World Bank running them too. When the IMF comes into any country, they literally put representatives into your government to watch over and make sure, and they can actually yay or nay any policy that's put forward. So you're not running your country at all when that happens. But as I say, it's amazing from, from, your, from cradle to grave, you're, you've given indoctrination by big corporations that also uh, produce educational textbooks, the official ones, there's only official ones, you see, and who also are into grabbing the resources across the planet with their side companies, and then they even give out, they hire hundreds of reporters, each one of them, full-time staff, to put out handouts to other newspapers that are put straight in there, and you believe it, just like the pharma does too, same idea. So that we all repeat them, and people tweet them, and yap about them, and even get upset about them, because some of them are designed for you to get upset about. I'll give you an example. I won't read this awful handout here. This is an example of, of how, again, intelligence agencies are using all the different movements, and even this one definitely is written by them, as it says here by Ray Tacky, whoever that is, it's kind of tackily written, as Iran streets erupt with pro-democracy demonstrations, it's all too obvious that the only option the U.S. has in altering the Islamic public's, uh, Republic's behavior is to support the Green Movement. No kidding, this is... This is you know. The clerical oligarchs have tried hard to prevent the contagion of democracy from afflicting their nation. You see how one-sided, utterly biased this, this is? 
Despite their maladroit attempt to establish a moral continuity between Iran's 1979 revolution and the recent uprisings in Egypt, Egypt uh, and their threats of violence and redistribution towards, or retribution towards those who protest, the mullahs, the mullahs have failed to reclaim their citizens, it says. But it's a one-sided thing. I mean, that's all you need now is the Green Movement. Now, what's the Green Movement supposed to do over in those countries? Well, what they're supposed to do, you see, is what's already been decided. It's not to let the countries that are emerging, even in Africa, have big power plants or atomic power plants, even though Canada is helping pay and we're actually building the ones in China for the Chinese courtesy of the GATT Treaty. Uh, so thank you, Canadians. You're paying for it all. I hope you know that. Your mainstream won't tell you that very often, I'm sure. But, but there are other countries are not to get this kind of uh, energy supply for their own countries. For pollution, they're telling you, but it's really... They don't want them becoming overpopulated and becoming a problem down the road. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix Talking about the real system in which we live under, actually, not we live in it, we live under it, because it's a feudal system with the CEOs of the big international corporations being the new feudal overlords, exactly as Professor Carl Quigley talked about, and uh, that's happened. It's happened a long time ago, in fact. As I said before, you've got to go through the histories of how Britain, for instance, set itself up with the British East India Company, was one of the first major corporations they created. And then many corporations after that, Hudson's Bay Company too, owned a big chunk of Canada. And uh, they had the total rights over life and death, by the way, over their citizens there who lived amongst them. And uh, that went on for an awful, awful long time. And then they evolved into this new system of, of the conology, I call it, the art of conning, and, and gave us democracy where we could get taxed to the hilts for big, big projects, you see, for the public would hold forever in perpetuity. They would claim, like the electrical systems that would run places like Ontario. They even had the Prime Minister of Ontario on, on the ads at one time, saying it's going to be limitless and keep your lights on all the time. It would be so cheap, cheap, cheap. And they had it planned way back then. That once it was up and running, as always, because I watched all the same stuff in Britain, uh, as a taxpayer funded it all, paid for its upgrades, etc. Then they'd sell it off for peanuts to their pals, all prearranged. The oldest con in the book. And it, it works every time. And uh, now they're taking, they're dismantling the whole systems of, um, uh, the, the public ownership, although they call it public private. That means that the public pay for the upkeep while the owners take all the profit. We maintain it for them. The roads, everything. They just watched the roads being sold off in Britain, some of the major ones. And who was the guy who auctioned them off? It was Lord Rothschilds. No kidding. Yeah. Wonderful system we live in. It's a wonderful thing, democracy. It's, it's, it's only right that we give this to the rest of the world. Perpetual debt with compound interest. And a bunch of family members of the world looking over your books for the World Bank. In the U.S., uh, they're expecting trouble, of course. And then, if, any, if it springs up anywhere, it will be in the U.S., where they have more of an idea 
of what they think they're supposed to be under a constitutional government, which they haven't had for a long time. But they still, the memory still lingers and the ideas linger. And an idea can be a very dangerous thing to those at the top. That's what Matsu Tung said. He wasn't scared of guns or weaponry or aircraft. He was, he was scared of somebody with a big idea. And ideas certainly do spread, especially when it's to do with injustice. You understand there could never be equality in this world unless we're all equally victims. No special interest groups of victims. We'd all have to be equally victimized and call ourselves victims. Then we can call ourselves equal. And maybe then people would act in unison. Until then, I don't think it would ever happen. But sparks will fly here and there, and it'll spark, it'll spark more and more as expenses go up for food, which it already is skyrocketing. As we went into this age of austerity, and as they're taxing the blazes out of you to redistribute what's left of the wealth across the, the world to the big corporations that they set up in other countries, that's what they mean by redistribution of the wealth. They don't plan on giving this to people who are hungry in different countries, not by a long shot. Different realities. If you were born into the reality, you'd have no problem understanding what I'm saying tonight. No problem at all. They think it's quite natural. And why bother even saying it? It's so natural to them. But in the, in the U.S. and Indiana, we can see this happening too as, a country, as the country starts to go into bankruptcies in different states. It says, Indiana official says, use live ammunition against Wisconsin protesters. Uh, it says on Saturday night uh, when Mother Jones, the newspaper staffers, tweeted a report that riot police might soon sweep demonstrators out of the Wisconsin Capitol building, something that didn't end up happening. One Twitter used, uh, user sent out a chilling public response and said, use live ammunition. So this guy from his own Twitter account confronted the user, which is JCSent.com. He tweeted back the demonstrators were political enemies and thugs who were physically threatening legally elected officials. In response to such behavior, he said, you're damn right, I advocate deadly force. He later called me a typical leftist, adding, liberals hate police. Only later did we realize that J.C. Center, com, was a deputy attorney general for the state of Indiana. As one of the of 144 attorneys in that office, that's an awful lot, eh? Great job, uh, law business. Jeff Cox has represented the people of his state for 10 years, and for much of that time, it turns out, he's vented similar feelings on Twitter and his blog, Pro Cynic. In his non-political tweets and uh, blog posts, Cox displays a keen uh, litigator's mind, writing sharply and often wittily on military history and professional basketball. Uh, I don't see how they go together. But he uh, invinces um, contempt for political opponents, from labeling President Obama an incompetent and treasonous enemy of the nation to comparing Enviro-Nazis to Osama bin Laden, likening ex-Labor Secretary Robert Reich and Service Employees International Union members to Nazi brownshirts on multiple occasions. And there's a slant in all this too, even for this article to be here. And who knows if this guy actually is out there to cause uh, a different impression altogether. You just don't know anymore on all this stuff. Because, you know, PSYOPs is on the go all over the place. All, all over the place. And, it gets, and it's put out with slants in it to get you upset, to fall in with one camp or another, left or right, the usual story. And believe you me, in the dialectic, you never win. Those who control the chessboard have already decided who's going to win, and that's them. Back with more after these messages. 
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Another article too is from Ross Story about the same thing. Uh, troopers would absolutely use force on Wisconsin protesters if ordered, the police union president tells the raw story. Uh, his buddy says, that would not be something I recognize as the United States of America, said State Patrol Inspector. So I'll put these links up too for you to look at uh, in your leisure after the show, if I can get it up there, because you see in, in Ontario here, under austerity plans and energy saving, they've decided to basically jack up our electricity uh, over the next few years, and by, it's going to be up by 40% over the next uh, five years, I believe. That's where they're putting it up to. That's, that's their goal. On top of that, you have taxes like, like GST and harmonized sales taxes and all that stuff too. So ultimately, it becomes double of what it is being paid right now. And after 9 p.m., they're giving you a little bit cheaper rates. You know how they, you know how, it's just like how they treat us like animals in cages. They've done all this stuff with, with lab rats and stuff. So it works the same with us. Oh, we'll train them not to use their electricity during the day. We'll give them a little boost after 9 p.m. though for a little while. Until we think, well, it's not so bad. I can I can put on the hot water heater after 9 p.m. Stuff like that. They train us like animals. Psychologists are really used in the forest today. So I'll put up these links after uh, 9 p.m. <laughs> at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. Getting back to what I was saying about handouts. Most of what you see in media today are handouts or fillers. And they're, they're very happy to get fillers in the media because lots of the media uh, don't have many real journalists anymore. And you often find out who the journalists are if they say something like Daily Mail journalist by Daily Mail jur- or reporter, but doesn't give a name. That means it's a handout. And one of them today was obviously from uh, Monsanto boys, etc., saying uh, that that organically grown food is bad for you. It doesn't have, it's not so healthy. It doesn't have all the wonderful vitamins and minerals that the, the, the Monsanto and modified stuff does, you see. And in the same paper with someone that, that actually gives their name, he's a real article, you see. And that's the difference between a real article and the fake ones. Pesticides on fruit and vegetables are wrecking men's fertility by Fiona McCree. So this one's a real one. The other one is just a handout by the big boys as an advert to alter your perceptions on things. It says pesticides found on fruit and vegetables could be doing untold damage to male fertility, research suggests. Well, everything else is done too, and they, they know this as well. 30 of 37 crop chemicals tested interfere with the action of testosterone, the sex hormone critical to a healthy male reproductive system. Where only 16 of the 30 had not previously been linked with hormone disruption, I would add, except in the very high laboratories, because all information of constant repetition and testing goes up in a pyramid fashion to the ones at the top, above university level. And I've got that, actually, from people in the business. Uh, it says, um, so anyway, it says, uh, environmental campaigners, I don't know what that means, you know, say that effects could be particularly severe in the womb with lack of testosterone feminizing unborn boys, raising their odds of reproductive defects at birth and low sperm counts and to stick to their cancer in later life. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a triple blow really because you're bisphenol A 
and uh, and and uh, pheromone. You've got other things involved as well at the same time, all affecting the fetus at the same time when it's critical uh, that they, they actually start producing their own testosterone. It says the European Commission-funded research was carried out on cells in a lab. The British scientists behind the work say they cannot be sure that humans would be similarly affected. Well, why not? Hmm. But more extensive testing is urgently needed. The study from the University of London School of Pharmacy focused on pesticides widely used in Europe. Now, if, if it's the London School of Pharmacy, they'll retract this next week because they get a lot of funding from Big Pharma and the big chemical boys. It's one and the same thing, by the way, the chemical companies and pharma. In fact, if you go through your history, you'll find the same big boys who came out with central banking also own pharma companies. The same families own pharma companies and chemical companies. Always, it's always been the same way. Gold, pharma, and chemicals, and drugs, and, and, legal, and legal times types as well. That's a history from Egypt down to the present time. Now, again, too, everyone's been trained so easily and quickly with the Internet to give up their personal information. And, and it's, well, it's not really shocking to me, especially with the young ones, because they, they grow into a system that their parents don't warn them. Like any mammal, if your parent doesn't warn you of danger, you think it's all quite normal and somehow approved. And they've all been trained in school to be searched going through the, the gates and through the scanners, etc., going into schools. So they think it's all quite normal to be patted down at airports and all the rest of it and giving all their personal ID out in stores and all over the place, and being taught to join Facebook, where they put up their daily diaries, till nothing's secret at all. Quite amazing. Something that tyrants have tried to do down through history. How do we get every bit of data on every single person? And they bring out these, these little sites to say, we're free, we're free, we're free. It's free. That's all you, that's all you, who would have thought, eh? All these think tanks, how do we make them give up their personal? Oh, just tell them it's free. And away they go. Even though most of their friends are just computer programs, like I talked about last night. (laughs) But it says, why has Google been collecting children's social security numbers under the guise of an art contest? Well, you know why, eh? As a director of the cartel documentary, one of the things I learned was how poorly traditional news media cover issues pertaining to children, in that case corrupting a corruption in public education. Since the film's release, I often get contracted or contacted by other aspects of child protection that I would have never imagined. Stories that don't seem to get attention elsewhere, like this one. What you're about to read hasn't been reported anywhere, and when it was brought to my attention, I could hardly believe it. It turns out that the company sporting the motto, Don't Be Evil, has been asking parents nationwide to disclose their children's personal information including social security numbers, and recruiting schools to help them do it, all under the guise of an art contest. It's called Doodle for Google, a rather catchy, child-friendly name, if I do so myself, say so myself. The company is even offering prize money to schools to enlist their help with the promotion. Doesn't it sound like fun? Don't you want your child to enter too? What could be wrong with filling out a few entry forms? A national commercial database of names and addresses of Americans and children, especially one that includes their dates of birth and social security numbers, could be worth many millions to marketing firms and retailers. Of course, the data is not the reason Google gives for, for this competition. 
The FAQ says it's because we love to encourage and celebrate the creativity of young people, etc. If that's so, then why on earth would the contest's original parent consent form ask for the child's city of birth, date of birth, and last four digits of the child's social security numbers, along with complete contact info of their parents? You see, what Google knows and many parents don't know is that a person's city of birth and year of birth can be used to make a statistical guess about the first five digits of his or her social security number. Then if you can somehow obtain those last four social security number digits explicitly, voila, you've unlocked countless troves of personal information from people who don't even understand that such a disclosure was happening. This kind of data can be linked with other databases to target advertising. It's worth many times more than what Google will spend on prizes each state finalist gets a T-shirt. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? These, these, you, you know, you can picture these guys. I can, I can picture these characters. In fairness, we have no evidence that Google would use or sell this information for marketing purposes. But for that matter, it's possible they could throw the data away. Uh, care to guess the odds? Well, you know what they did when they're collecting all your. All the data from your wireless connectors and so on for your across the world actually, and I think Germany actually sued them. I don't know what happened about it. But to be absolutely clear, there's no evidence Google has done anything with this information at all, nefarious or otherwise. This is the guy's legality clearing himself. It's also clear that children's social security numbers shouldn't be required for an art contest. There's a second chapter to the story. Some of the people who tipped me off to it were wondering if the solicitation of children's social security numbers was even legal. And so they sent emails to the Federal Trade Commission, the website InsideGoogle.com, and a couple of other places. That email went out on February the 17th. 26 hours later, Google released an updated parental consent form. So yes, what they do, they wait till someone inquires and out comes the legality, you know without requiring the four, the four digits of the child's social security number, although the form still explicitly asks for the child's city of birth. Meanwhile, the original PDF can still be found on lots of school websites like this one, and they give you a link to one. In other words, many schools are still distributing the original form, and many parents are no doubt still forking over their child's social security numbers to Google. Why would you be so stupid as to give that out in the first place? You know why? It's because the parents went through the same stupid indoctrination, uh, through stupidity indoctrination, that's what it really is, through their schooling and their fake, uh, we're living in a, a fair, just system. It's just astonishing how they've domesticated people down to the level of sheep. They've lost their ability for survival and to think for themselves. It's just astonishing, isn't it? Where they give all the data their children out in case they win a t-shirt. You know something? You can't do much with a population like that. You understand that? It's pretty well over. I hope you realize that. This is at least the contest privacy notice is clear enough. Participation constitutes consent to the storage, use, and disclosure of the entrance entry details. It shouldn't really be called the privacy waiver. I sent all of this to Google's press office, and after 48 hours, they had offered no response. So in closing, three simple ideas for you, gentle reader, to take away. City of birth, when coupled with year of birth, can be correlated to social security numbers, so don't give it out just because a box appears in a form. Number two, no public contest should ask for any part of a social security number, especially involving children. I'd say adults too.
for internet searches, have you tried Yahoo or Bing lately? They're probably both improved since you last tried them. You might just find what you're looking for. And then it's got an update here. Google spokesperson just contacted me with the following response. This year we started accepting doodles from children, even if their school hadn't registered for the contest. To help us keep entries distinct and remove duplicate entries from any particular student, we asked parents to for limited information, including the last four digits of a student's social security number. We later updated our forms when we recognized that we could sufficiently separate legitimate contest entries while requesting less information. To be clear, these last four digits were not entered into records and will be safely discarded. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so, you know, it's astonishing to me that folk have no... You understand, a wild animal, and this is what they talk about at the top, because they're all Darwinists, true Darwinists. They truly believe in the survival of the fittest and those who, uh, as, as Charles Galton Darwin said retain their wildness, their ability to think in not just in a linear fashion, but in different ways. What's, what, what's the angle on this? What's the spin? What's what? And they do that. And therefore they said they'd never altered themselves mentally through medications, forced medications on the population or any other forms of making them dumb and stupid, actually. Because they would be guiding planet Earth like the captain of a ship. So they'd have to retain their wild survival capabilities. They also said that the public wouldn't need that because the state would would be making all their decisions for them. And hasn't it worked, eh? I've mentioned before, too, that the series Star Suckers, not the porno one, by the way, the one that's put out by a television company, to show you how public relations works and how parents will give their children away if they truly believe they're going to be a celebrity. To total strangers. That's how stupid the public are today. That's what Albert Pike said in Morals and Dogma, the high mason in charge of the World Revolutionary Society of his time. He said, he said, those who will not use their, their own brain power, their minds, are therefore beasts of burden and stake on the table by choice and consent. And that's why, in very high masonry, they truly believe their function, being you know illumined and above the rest, that was risen above the the bottom guys in the pyramid. The public are there to be used, and ripped off like any other herd. You won't hear that from the bottom ones because, as Pike said himself, they're just the outer portico. They're told all they need to know and no more. But it's true, isn't it? For a t-shirt. For a t-shirt. In this day and age, they're giving their children's info out to total strangers. And they'll be tracked down through their lives now by these big rip-off sharks and these companies like Google. And Google's tied totally in with MI6 and NSA, by the way. Agenda 21 is designed to get, uh, it's also called the Millennium Project uh, from the United Nations, owned lock, stock and barrel set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Dash comes from Foreign Relations. And they want folk off the rural areas for this new takedown stage as we all die off for the next 50 years or so and the population drops and people become sterile and, and so on and then they can get on with their own offspring 
uh, running a beautiful, pleasant world with lots of pasture and forest land for themselves to play in, you know, after we're all gone. And they're doing it in so many different ways. Higher taxations in rural areas. Same thing happened in Ontario. Two massive increases uh, last year in uh, taxes for anyone who lived in rural areas. But there's other ways to do it too. And it says here, this is Britain, for instance, it's happening across the whole so-called civilized world. More towns lose their last bank as lenders renege on promises. Britain's banks are breaking their pledges not to close the last bank branches in rural towns, leaving pensioners without access to cash and facilities. And, of course, it won't encourage young ones to move out there too, will it? And it says... Um, Barclay suggested that customers affected by one branch closure could use a local post office, unaware that it too was closing. They're closing everything in the rural areas to make sure that you get the message. And then, of course, they'll jack up all the gasoline in rural areas too, and then they'll, they'll slap on an extra carbon tax because you will travel longer journeys, you see. It's all worked out and planned how to do it all and get you out and living in the already cramped cities. So Derek French of the Campaign for Community Banking said vulnerable communities were losing their only banking facilities despite pledges from some major banks to keep the last banks in town open. Latest rounds of closures included Barclays Branch in Southminster, Essex, which also has the town's only free cash machine. Half of the adult population in the town have signed a petition to keep the branch open, which they will present to Barclays Regional Manager on Friday of the week, and so on it goes. But this is how they're, they're getting folk off the land. So many different ways to do it. Quite easy. Quite easy when you're living in this feudal system and the government's in the pockets of the overlords. I'll just mention another link of night too, and that's the internet kill switch. Bill is back again on the table. And some interesting information in that too, where they actually pulled off 84,000 uh, websites down last year by mistake, they say, in the US alone. By mistake. Now, from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.